Hello, hello, hello. This is Larry with the Black Financial Initiative Podcast, a.k.a. BFI with Eric and Terrence. This is part two of our interview with Sherva of Influenting.co. Let's get into it. You did. Um, I didn't know that. I didn't, never really thought about, like, um, I guess, within the financial coaching, like, a need for women to talk to other women. I guess I never really thought about that before. So that's, that's interesting. Yeah, it is. I think it's it helps to see somebody who like who's like you who did it before, like or even if they're just two steps ahead of you, it, it helps to have that. That's why so many women, even though, you know, studies show that women are as good or even better than men when it comes to investing. A lot of women still don't invest because the only people talking about investing is men. And it's like, you know, if in every aspect of our life, women almost are secondary to men, even in the workplace. I'm sure you guys know people in your job who do the exact same women in the job that do the exact same thing as men, but they make less. Or, you know, there's a meeting, she speaks up, says something, or he speaks up, it, you know, it's just what it is. And I, I think in, in that regard, especially with money, it's like, look, this is the one thing I have autonomy over. And I don't want another man, again, telling me <laughs> what to do with it, you know? So I feel like it's important to have, and I'm not saying we can't listen to men. We have no choice, you know, they're the loudest voice in the room right now. But I think it's helpful to feel like me too. If she can do it, I can do it too. Um, if she can figure out how to get out of debt, I can figure out how to do it too. If she can figure out how to buy a house, I can figure it out too. And that's mm -hmm. all I want is for women to feel like you can do it too. And it doesn't have to be super scary. And it doesn't even have to be that big of a deal. I'm an immigrant. I don't even know how I've done half of the things I've done, but I just know <laughs> that I'm going to do it. I made the decision and I'm doing the work to get there. And if I can tell somebody my mishaps, then that's what I want to do. You brought up something else that I like too. You said you made a correlation between like a healthy lifestyle and money. And um, it seems like a lot of people actually go broke because, you know, they start getting these bills for their uh, doctors and everything like that. So mm -hmm. if we can counter that up front, then that might help us on the backside. So. Yes. And that's another thing too, with small business owners, a lot of people are making money in their business, but they don't have a, like a self-employment uh, retirement fund. They don't also have like self-employed insurance and you could make millions of dollars, but all your family needs is one cancer diagnosis and all that money is gone. And a lot of times, if you're the key person in your business, if you're out, your business is done. A lot of people don't have the systems yeah. to support like the key person not working. So when they're not mm -hmm. working, you're not making any money. So I, one of the things I want to create is like a course for self-employed people. So they can know what things to do with their money, how to even decrease your tax liability. If you had a SEP IRA or SEP 401k, you can put some of that money there and decrease your tax liability and save for your future or save for help things like you know some of these women you know if they have a baby what happens you know to them in your business so I like to think about that but it's true I know for myself I had to come to the realization like the more money I made the bigger I got I was like you know because you you making money now so you eat now so, you, know, <laughs> you gotta eat ramen no more you know we gotta do Dave Ramsey's rice and beans you know we can eat out and I was like this got to stop like we're getting bigger and we're also getting unhealthier and I just hated having to go to the doctor I, I got to a point where I was like I feel miserable every day I'm like in pain I'm achy and I'm in my in my 20s I'm like oh my god I'm aging and dog here <laughs> so 
I was like, I got to do something about this. And I started working out and I'm like, look, it hurts to work out. It sucks. I hate it. I, there's never one workout that I want to do. Not, I don't care. <laughs> okay. Maybe Zumba. I like Zumba, but I'm like, you're going to be in pain. So you might as well have the pain of doing something to your future. And that's the same thing with your finances. It's going to hurt to have to save or invest or pay down that debt, but pick your pain. Do you want to be in the pain of, you know, not being able to buy a house because your credit is janky or not being able to afford anything or take a trip or, you know, now they say that they've given the debt collectors approval to start to like connecting with people on social media and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You can't even get escape because Sally Mae and them <laughs> is in your, in, in your DMs. Like, <laughs> pick your pain, you know, pick the one that's going to get you closer to where you're going to, where you want to go and where you want to be eventually, even if it hurts right now. But do what you have to do now so you can do what you want to do later, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, talk about Sally Mae sliding in them DMs. That's crazy. I know as part of everything you've said now, it seems like a budget is one of the, <laughs> one of the main things that a person or a company may need. Can you tell us about, uh, I guess, how you do some of your budgeting for your clients? Or as far as like different methods, how do you walk them through it? Is there a certain amount or percentage you like for an emergency fund? I think you use Mint also. Oh, yeah. How do you use that, kind of that whole walkthrough? (laughs) So I really, one of my goals is to be like a Mint influencer. So Mint, if you hear me, hire me, okay? (laughs) I use Mint for everything. I love it. It's a free software, and it's just a great tool that you can use. And I slowly get my clients. First, they're like, I don't want to do that. You ain't going to do a budget on pen and paper, so. You might as well do the thing automated. You know what I mean? So I She's prefer. Huh? Yeah, I started out pen and paper. I have the hey, Some now. people are pen and paper people, but <laughs> most people aren't, you know? So I want people to do the thing that's actually going to stick. If you're actually going to write, fine. But people don't even like to write their name. It's me. I'm people. So, <laughs> I, um, my budget philosophy is a zero-based budget. I like to give every dollar a job. And when you think about it, right, like, and this is especially important for most people that you, I work with, like a lot of them hate their jobs. They hate their jobs or they want another job or they want to do something else. And I'm like, so you go to that job that you hate and you give them that time and they pay you some money and then you take that money and you squander it make it make sense. So then you got to go back to that job again to make some more money and you go and, and you know, like you go buy things to feel better, but you're walking out the store and you already feel bad because you're spending money you shouldn't be spending and you should be using that money to get out of this, this situation here. And yep. right. So mm-hmm. I'm like, look, if you hate your job, let's figure out a way to get you out of there. Let's make a plan. So I, I think once I'm able to tell people like you hate your job. So give every dollar a job, like, yeah. Every dollar you make should be getting you closer to the life that you want to live. So stop wasting it. I know it sucks, but I feel like once you're on the path to making changes, it feels better because you feel like you're doing something about it. So I, every dollar for me, and I'm not saying that every dollar has to go to what's boring stuff like paying bills and debt. I budget for fun. I think everybody needs to have entertainment. It could be movies or whatever it is you like to do. You like to go to the shooting range. You, I don't care what it is. Whatever it is, let's budget for it, right? Because I don't think a budget will be sustainable if there's no life, if there's no mm-hmm. living in it. You know, I'm not one of those people who are just going to have you just, I'm not fire, which is like financial independence, retire early. If that's your goal, great. 
but I want you to live a life and have fun in it. If you like to go shopping, fine. Let's figure out how you can shop within this zero-based budget. So one of the things I do is I take your income, I take your fixed expenses, we get those in. If there are some fixed expenses that we can maybe do without, I will see if we can. Like if, like if some people have a million subscriptions, you got Hulu, you got Disney Plus, you have Netflix, you have Amazon, Apple TV or whatever. Which ones are you actually watching? Like, can we con condense some of these or maybe sacrifice for a little bit? Or it could be a situation where it's just between us. But if a bunch of your friends have different subscriptions, y'all share amongst yourselves. Share the login so you still have <laughs> access to everything, but you ain't paying for everything. Or even if you're paying for everything, y'all split up the bill. Venmo, Zelle, something. But, you know, I account for your fixed expenses and then we have the variable expenses, right? And then we budget those out. I give you... Food. Like for me, I gotta eat out. I on a Friday, I don't want no meal prep. I don't want me. I don't want no prep <laughs> from Friday to Sunday. I need to eat food somebody else made. So I budget for <laughs> restaurants and fast food and coffee and snacks and all of that stuff. It makes me happy and it brings me joy. I budget for going to the movies. I budget for doing things that I like to do. Now, once we do your budget, if you have an income problem, which a lot of times people budget will be like cut, cut, cut. There's a point where it's like okay. I can't cut anymore. So then we have an income problem. So that's when I'll be like, okay, well, let's look at what you're doing. What are, what are you doing right now? And what does that pay in the market? You know, maybe it's a situation where you're underpaid at your job. And I've helped people um, write a letter. Like we do a market research and I'll be like, hey, let's write a letter and let's go to your supervisor and ask for a raise. They might say yes, or they might say no. I've done that twice and both times they've gotten raises. One person got a $5,000 raise, one person got a $10,000 raise. If nothing wow. ventured, nothing gained. It's easier to pay this person $10,000 than to pay a recruiter twenty dollars to $50,000 to hire somebody to replace you. And if you have the research to support, you're not just saying, well, I want to raise because I feel like it. Well, <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't have to work, but here we are. You know, so you have your market research, you go in there, you have a letter, you have a very, you know, I'll coach them on the meeting and be like, hey, I would like a raise. And if you can take care of the income problem, great. If not, I will also help you find a new job. I'm not loyal to these people. I am loyal to my company, me. <laughs> I am an LLC, me. My LLC is not making enough money to cover all of our <laughs> expenses. So we need to find a new investor. Find another job. And if we can increase your income, we can get more aligned with your goals. They might have lofty goals like paying off their debt um, or buying a house, you know whatever it is, I figure out how we can give every dollar a job to get us aligned with the goals that we set for this individual. Well, as I said, we, we did an episode very recently called, um, it was the great resonation. And that was the theme of the show. We're not loyal. You know, mm. just, if, if you got to make money somewhere else, you got to make money somewhere else, you know, because these companies ain't loyal to us quite as a scap. They're not, yep. they're not mm -hmm. loyal. And Luxon, I get it. I get it as a corporation. I even get it as somebody who works in accounting and finance. Like it's very hard when you're in a financial field and like you talk to people and they're like, my company, da, 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 da. and I'm like, girl, it's not personal. It's just business, right? Yep. So, yep. so it's the same thing for us. It's not personal. If you go in there and you you might very much like your boss, but if your boss liked you, she would have gotten you a raise. If can't, she can't, <laughs> move on. Add her as a friend on LinkedIn and keep in touch, but keep it pushing. <laughs> Exactly. So I've uh, you mentioned the market analysis and raises and, and going and asking for one. So uh, coincidentally, my company just did the same thing. I had to have the same conversation with many of my my people at work is that they did, you know, the company had to do market analysis and see what everybody was 
was making and paying out for other companies in the area in the same field, same industry. And, and uh, especially with the cost of inflation now and everybody yeah. competing was struggling to get new talent in. Yeah. So a lot of our people, they determined like, okay, yeah, you're not making enough. So I had to, we had to offer letters, went back to people yeah. and told them, Really, really wasn't even an offer letter. Like, what are you going to offer? Like, oh, you're going to turn down this money? So basically right. just went and told people like, hey, <laughs> this is what it. you were making. This is what you're going to make now. And the question is like, you know, a lot of people not asking why. They're like, okay, bye. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I ain't asking no why neither. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but you have a couple of people asking why. You have to explain it. Okay, so there's market analysis and you know, these numbers aren't usually pulled out of hat, especially for larger companies. They're going to see how yeah. much you are, should be worth based off of your job title and experience. And you've been determined to, that you are pretty much underpaid and you're going to... Yeah. But that's not because of companies out the kindness of their heart. That's because of they know that if they're not paying you what somebody else can pay you, you will leave mm -hmm. for them. You know. That's so true. That's, and that's also, where come from. it's a lot of things that's happening now. I think this all became a part of, um, you know, when all those companies were like diversity, they were I think a lot of companies did when that all started coming out and like, you know, people were demanding to see the leadership and boards and stuff. I think it was very apparent that some companies, especially for diversity hires, were making less than others. So I think a lot of people had to right size just to save face. And also a lot of employees are smart now. They can demand something. It's easier to just pay you what you're supposed to be paid on market value or even a little bit more than somebody go and get a lawsuit and be like, hey, let's audit all of this and blow this whole thing up. So I think a lot of companies are trying to do right in fear of retaliation mm -hmm. or trying to get ahead of it. I don't care what the reason why you do right, as long as you do it right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, show me the money, show me the money. Yeah. <laughs> right. you, you brought up Dave Ramsey a lot, um, mm -hmm. which I, like I said, I've done Dave Ramsey. Did you go through Dave Ramsey or do you just- um, I have you know. not gone through Dave, Dave Ramsey, um, but I have read some of his things. And I think some of the things he said is very applicable and you can use it. You know, I know, I think people are very emotional and I think that's the, uh, the, the money part of me. It's just like, it's, it's not as, it's not as serious. It's, it's just business, right? You mm -hmm. don't necessarily have to like the man, but there are some of the things that he's done that has worked and has worked well for people and has helped pe some people get out of bondage um, and freedom and bondage from debt and stuff like that. Yeah. I haven't gone through it, but some of the things I do like, I do like having a thousand dollars. I do believe in having an emergency fund. Do I believe you need to have all the money saved for a house down payment? No, I I'm on my third house and I ain't never paid 20% and never will. And I can get in a house for three or 3.5%. PMI is like a hundred and something dollars. Okay. So yeah, it's a bill. I'm not going to let that save. I've made so much money like selling my first two houses that helped me actually pay off that. If I was still here sitting, waiting to save 20% to get into the house, I never would have made the impact that I have. So I take what I need and I leave what I don't. And that's all it is. Um, but I haven't done all of his baby steps, no. You just brought up the emergency fund. Is that, or you said a thousand dollars, is that what you recommend or do you, is it everybody's okay. different? So I, um, I think everybody's different, but I have a few different philosophies when it comes to funds, right? So one of the things I talk to my clients about is having a thousand K fund. I think most emergencies, a thousand dollars or $1,500 can take care of it, right? Without you having to tap into the emergency fund. And you think about it, you need new tires or your, your water heater flooded your basement. Hopefully you have homeowners insurance 
or you have a stay at the hospital, you have a deductible. Think about the things that if something happened, your, your car wrecked or something, most of those deductibles are five, $1,500. I think most people should have like a thousand or $1,500 just tucked away in an account. Typically this will be a brick and mortar bank account. Like most yeah. of us have a, a brick and mortar bank account with checking. I would think that would be where you'd keep your savings too, right? And, and when mm -hmm. stuff goes ham, you can tap into that and you can pay it and nobody's the wiser. Now, I also think you should have an emergency fund. And this is where I would say you need to keep that in a high yield savings account, typically online banks, you know, they, they pay high interest, even though nobody's paying that great of interest right now. But I think it, it should be harder to get to. It should take about two to three days for you to get it because I want you to really think in those two to three days, do you really need this money? You know, or can you figure out something else to do in that time? Uh, you know, or something else. If it's a little emergency, figure out how you can cash flow it, you know, without having to tap into the emergency fund. When I consider the emergency fund, because most people are like, well, six months. Well, that's great. But I, one of the exercises I have my clients do is I look at their numbers and we go very detailed. And I'm like, look, if you are without a job, do you think you will be spending the way you do when you have a job? Most time it's no. I'm sorry. If you ain't got no job, you don't have to have no streaming services. You don't need no cable because if you don't got a job, the only thing you need is internet. Looking for a job. I don't want no, we ain't got no fluff. You ain't got no money. You don't got time for all of this. Your job, if you don't have a job, is to be getting a job or creating one. So I go through and I get their finances down to bare bones. Like if they have debt, a lot of times some of your student loans or stuff, you can defer it. So I would be like, hey, contact these people and see if you can get this on a deferral in the time where you don't have a job. So I will go through and be as bare bones as possible. And I'm like this, if push comes to shove, this is the least amount of money that you need to survive, right? And say that money is $1,500. I'm like, okay, most people have a trouble with saving. So I'm not going to tell you, you need to save 1500 times six. I'm going to say, let's save one month of expenses. Let's start with $1,500 and let's see if we can get you to save $1,500 in the next three months. Once they hit that, I'll be like, okay, boom, we've saved that. Now let's see how we can get you to three months. Because I notice once you start saving and you start seeing that you can save and you start seeing money, it triggers something in you and you want more of it. So we saved a month, let's save three months. And from three months, let's get to six months. And if you want to get to a year, but that said, I don't think everybody needs to have the same amount of money put away. I think there are more in-demand jobs. I'm an accountant and I'm sorry, an accountant is always gonna have a job. It might be the job you want, but <laughs> you, I've been beating the recruiters off of me. I literally have a, a email that I have in my inbox that I just copy paste and change the name because that's how often I have to tell these people, I got a job. Leave me alone. <laughs> you know, like there's no shortage of accounting jobs. So you have to take an ask, you know, you have to assess what field you're in and decide, is this something that I can replace in a month or two weeks or three months? If you have, like, for instance, I work in, you know, renewable energy, we have um, BOP technicians that climb wind farms and, and all that stuff. They're highly specialized fields. They are, their, their jobs will be harder to replace. If your job is harder to replace or it will require a big move because a lot of the wind farms are out in the middle of nowhere. You know, if it's going to require a big move for you and your family, yeah, I would say you probably need a nine or a 12 month fund. Like, you know, 
a lot of people in the pandemic, when it started, a lot of people weren't working because maybe they had highly specialized fields or they had jobs that were just a dime a dozen. I don't know, for whatever reason. If you have one of those jobs, I would suggest you have a larger emergency fund. But if you have a job that you can replace in one or two months, you might just need three months of living or, or six, you know? So it just depends. And I think it's very um, dependent on each person. Um, so I don't just take the same approach and apply to everybody. You can't paint everybody with the same brush, but I do think there are things that can be helpful for everybody having like a thousand or a $1,500 docked off here. And then we can work on your emergency fund to the level that you need individual. You kind of maybe answered this last question, but I'm going to ask it. Uh, what are different types of savings account? I know you talked about the brick and mortar and then the high yield savings account. Um, so you might've answered this already, but do you prefer one or the other? It sounds like you prefer one for different type of uh, situ yeah. situations. I prefer as many savings accounts as possible. Um, <laughs> so I always have like the thousand, I call it a thousand K fund. Um, I usually have them save that at a brick and mortar location. It's easily accessible, easily replaceable. And then I suggest having your high yield savings account in an online bank where you save for your emergency fund. And I think once people have that and they have their emergency fund, the next thing I like is for people to have sinking funds. Um, and this is fun money. I love saving for sinking funds. Again, I would suggest a high yield savings account online for this. Um, I personally use Ally. There's a few other bank accounts that have the ability to have buckets within the account and you can name the bucket, whatever you want. So I have a fund for my car. I drive a muscle car. It's all wheel drive and them ties is expensive. Okay. okay. Every time I roll up in day, I leave with three to four hundred dollars, and I never understand it. So I have money. <laughs> I have money for tires because I I want to make sure I got my tires fixed. Also, when he needs to be fixed, you know, it, it, I don't never leave out of there for less than three hundred dollars. So you put money aside for that. Um, some people, you know, depending on, like for instance, there's a lot of people who have high deductible insurance plans, right, which allows them to have the FSA, which is another type of way you can save money. But, you know, your deductible might be $3,000. I would say if you have a deductible and you can save that money, so if you have a medical emergency, you could just pay that without having to be like, oh, I don't know. I don't ever want people to have to worry about not being able to do the things they need mm -hmm. to do in life because money is an issue. So save the money, put it aside. If you know you have a homeowner's policy and if something were to happen, you have to pay it. Find out what your deductible is and save that. And you can put it homeowner's policy or vacation fund. I know some people say for they like to do a big vacation every year, but when the, every year when it comes, it's like, oh my God, I have to put this on my credit card. Save for it. How much does it usually cost? How much do you want to spend to go to Dubai? Figure out, like you can actually plan your itinerary and get an idea of how much that is going to cost and then save for it. You want to save for it over a year, take the amount, divide it by 12 and move that money every month. I'm also big on saving for Christmas. Uh, one of the most heartbreaking things for me mm -hmm. is this time of year, um, right now, people are going into huge amounts of debt, and it's very painful for me because mm -hmm. every year people start the new year in debt, and it's like, this is going to affect the trajectory of your whole year. I'm very passionate about people paying for their future and not your past. Like every dollar you make should be going towards your future, not paying off mistakes you've made in your past. And it's very painful to start the new year and you're paying off last year's debt. So now you're starting the new year behind. I would rather in January, you're saying, okay, next December, I want to spend $1,200 on gifts and I just have to save $100 a month instead of paying off the $1,200 you just paid. So I like sinking funds because it helps you get closer to your goals and you can just feel free. Like I know a lot of people are spending money right now and they feel guilty about it. It's like, it's yay, I'm buying everybody's gifts, but I'm, I'm stressed and I don't want that for you. I want you to be free. So 
save the money. If you save $10,000 to spend on Christmas, send it and don't worry about it because you saved for it. So I like mm -hmm. sinking funds, a thousand K funds, the emergency funds. And of course there are other different types like money market accounts and, um, you know, you can get CDs and stuff like that. But those are the top three that I focus on on my clients first. If you can get those, then you can do anything you want with your money, honey. You've taken care of the fundamentals. As long as it's budgeted in somewhere, huh? Yes, budgeted in somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Pay off that. Help give more. Maybe your goal. Like I have clients who their goal is to give more with their church or even just a charity. Like, I like elephants. I want to, you know, donate to the elephant sanctuary or something. Whatever <laughs> it is. Like, Whatever it is, if you plan for your money, you can do all of the things that make you feel good. I want people to feel good about your money because also when you feel good about your money, it attracts more. Like money is energy and it's amoral, you know. So feel good, do right by it, and also be a good steward of it. I feel like as a Christian, um, God gives you more of what you take care of. If He's blessed you with little and you're not doing well with it, why would I give you more? You're asking for increase, but you're not doing what you're supposed to do with what I've given you so far. So no, mm. I'm not trusting you with any more. So I, I think these things are very important. And honestly, it's crazy, but a lot of my clients have been Christians too, which is amazing and refreshing because I'm able to talk about the principles of God and what he wants for us and our lives and our beliefs and all of these things. And it, it's just lovely to just feel like I can be free and not have to cover it because, you know, this climate is very politically correct and you know, I don't believe it. Hey, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. I, I'm fine even if people don't believe. I feel like we can all just have conversations and respect each other, but I'm grateful that the clients have had so far. I can say be a good steward and that means something to them. That makes them think you're right. Like God has blessed me and I don't want to just wonder what he's given me, you know? We don't want to tease too much, but we might have an episode you're going to have to join in on uh, here pretty soon. Okay. <laughs> But um, I, I don't have another question, but just kind of a, a comment. I, I noticed that quite quite a few of our guests that we have on talk about traveling and uh, just budgeting and saving up for that. And and I noticed that that's kind of a, one of the things that a lot of us have in common. So we're going to have to uh, pool our guests together and come up with a Black Financial Initiative uh, travel party one day. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. Do it. We can have a live discussion in like Puerto Rico or something. Right. <laughs> I got my passport. Wait, it, it's ready to go. It can't be a too late in date. I don't know how many drinks I'm going to have in me. <laughs> Do it in the morning and then drink right. at night. <laughs> we don't have a, a brunch, but no more. Yeah. I, I don't know. We might figure it out, but I'm down for it. I love that. Uh, we can have a live recording somewhere. But I think travel is important. And I love for people to go somewhere else to see the world. I just yeah. See how other, when you're in America, because America has everything really when you think mm -hmm. about it, right? you know, and it's like you could just imagine like there's nobody else in this world, or like I don't even need to think about how to other, but you just go other places and it's like it's really a whole world out here outside <laughs> of America, and I think that's amazing. And also just traveling, I think a lot of people don't even know, or they don't even have the confidence in themselves to like travel to another country that might not even have English everywhere and figure it out. I feel like you don't really know what you're made of until you have to show what you're made of, like travel somewhere mm -hmm. that you, they don't speak your language. Can you really take care of yourself, you know, or move mm -hmm. to another state? Can you really start over? I feel like I love to challenge people, like challenge people so you can know what you're made of. So that way, when <laughs> you have to prove it, you have some experience, you know? Mm -hmm. All right, we'll, we'll book it. 
the, the travel party, BFI travel party. Our uh, last <laughs> guest, he's he's an immigrant, immigrant also. He's from uh, Haiti, and that was one of the things he's big into was travel. And I think he just released on his um, on his social media his his travel plan for this for the upcoming year. So all right, that's we have to. So is um, the BFI is coming? I think we should set a goal. Like, don't just say it. It's twenty twenty two is almost here. Let's go for like BFI travel twenty twenty three. And let's no. work towards that. Yeah. Let's we're do gonna, it. We're going to start budgeting yeah. for it. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. 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 All y'all early. Start saving y'all points because we're taking this show on the road. Baby. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, fellas, do y'all have anything else for sure? Uh, no, I thought it was funny uh, when she was talking about Christmas. We were talking about Christmas. So I know we had mentioned it on the, another uh, podcast back. We like, Christmas falls on the same day every year. Yeah, it doesn't change so you can save for it you know it's right it doesn't shock you it's right. december 25th every year every year same time <laughs> same place right. people we, yeah. we have to stop doing that we um, yeah. we're notorious for it that they fall yeah. on the same time every christmas <laughs> birthdays birthdays <laughs> uh valentine's that's, that's one of the things i do when i have my clients do their budget i like whose birthdays are these months you know mm-hmm. especially if gift giving is your love language if some people love to give gifts if you love to give gifts let's budget for it so you know you're gonna have these gifts you know valentine's day is coming up whatever random things some people have kids you know you do back to school shopping in like july or august so you're going to have a budget for that then. And I like to budget for things that people don't think of. Every year, your car needs to be registered and you have to pay the registration fee and you got to get mm-hmm. your tags and you got to get your oil change. Let's put that in there, layer it in there every three months or so, or maybe in that month. But I think a lot of people are just flying by the seat of their pants. I want you to know your numbers intimately so that nothing surprises you or shocks you and you can prepare for it. And then you could just not Stop having emergencies or putting yourself yeah. in the hole you know that's my goal we really appreciate you talking to us yeah, really you guys cool. have anything else man i just want to reiterate what you said and that appreciation and and i'm, I'm trying not to get too emotional but just having all our guests on that we have and just hearing different perspectives and seeing us all trying to do the same thing uh it's really inspirational and it, and even though we initiated the black financial uh, initiative podcast it's still great to to learn from from other people so uh Trevor, we'll add you to that to that group and to that crew part now so, part yeah part of the bfi family right now well i'm grateful to be part thank you guys for inviting me on and i hope this was good for you guys and your listeners and Definitely. i really enjoyed talking to you guys today and just you know and i want to say too i, sh- I should have started with this but you guys know i'm from trinidad and tobago and <laughs> as a as a country our people we struggle with saying words that have th in them so if you know when you guys listen to this podcast if i'm messing up some words look now i don't told y'all i got a little accident <laughs> and i promise you i'm not illiterate it's just we struggle with the th words okay i want to let y'all know all right but I had fun. I had so much fun talking with you guys today. <laughs> where, where, where can everybody find you? Online, influencing.co um, on social media. That's my website, www.influencing.co. I'm also on Facebook. I don't really, but I typically <laughs> am on um, social media and um, Instagram or visit my website. Yeah. Cool. And I'm going to put your information on the, the, the show notes too, so people can easily find you as well. So Awesome. And is there, uh, I guess, anything coming up that? Want to let the people know about or 
Is this no, just okay. hustling, just out there, <laughs> hustling, just out there working, trying to be better every day. And, um, no you know, if somebody is uh, new to business and they want to get started the right way or just want to talk about ideas, I love talking to people or helping people out. So just and we can get something on the books. But I, I just love talking to people and helping people. Walking freedom. That's like my goal. Yeah. Cool. Oh, I guess we didn't ask. Uh, I guess what's uh, I guess what is financial freedom to you? Is financial, it like no debt or? No, it's not necessarily no debt. I mean, it's great to have no debt, but even if you have that, I want you to be able to just not to have peace of mind. I want you to be mm. able to sleep at night without worrying about what am I, who I'm, if I'm going to get a call that day at my job. Or mm-hmm. I want you to be able to sleep at night knowing that I can afford an emergency if something happens. I can afford a, a medical bill. Like mm-hmm. it's that, it's that piece that comes from knowing your numbers and knowing that you're making the necessarily the necessary steps to mm-hmm. get closer to being debt free. Also being able to take care of your future. Um, I know we're all young and we don't really think about this, but you know, what does your retirement look like for you? What do you want to do in your retirement and how can we save for that? So I just want people to have what, you know, it's financial freedom, but freedom from bondage of money, Mm -hmm. which is such a man-made thing. Like, I don't want us to be bullied by it. I don't want it to be something that follows us around like a wet blanket. Money, like I said, is amoral and it can serve you. Um, So let's figure out how to do that. Really want to thank you. Uh, Thank you, Sherva. Terrence, thank you for introducing us to Sherva. Please check her out and Fluent Team Co. Uh, Fluent Team.co, excuse me. Yeah, <laughs> And um, thank you again. Everybody, please tell your friends. Tell your friends about our podcast. Give us a five-star review on Apple. Bye. All right. Before y'all go, let me just take a picture oh. of myself. Yeah. All right. Get that picture. <laughs> oh, let's take a picture of us online. <laughs> awesome. That's <laughs> well thank you guys so much for having me it was an honor to be on your podcast 